here this morning? Man, give it up for our worship team, man, one more time. Thank God for those men and women, man, the way they serve. I love that, man. I love that song uh, just to declare that we just believe that God can do it again. Amen. Anybody believe that this morning? Man, that God raises the dead, that God saves, that God changes lives. Man, our God is faithful, Summit. Our God is faithful, all right? I don't know how you feel. And listen, I don't care how you feel because how you feel doesn't change who he is. Amen? Right? So man does, oh man, well, I feel tired. I, I'm not all here. I had a bad day at work. I had a bad, uh, I got a bad week coming up. Man, the way you feel and where you're at right now doesn't change the fact the tomb is empty. All right? Man, so you better wake up. Look at your neighbor and say, wake up. Man, come on, man. All right, man. Hey, hey, if you are here for the very first time, my name is Mark, and I'm the lead pastor here. We're just fired up that you came uh, to Summit today. I know it's, it's, a, it's a crazy time the past couple of weeks with uh, snow and then uh, water issues that so many people are dealing with. I know there's a lot of people uh, who could not make it here today. Maybe they're watching on Facebook um, but uh, couldn't make it because uh, side roads are covered with ice, they have no water, or they're sick. A lot of people are still dealing with that, and so our prayers are with those people. I want to say thank you to, uh, thank you to our church this morning, parents, because, uh, because of the weather and illness and, and, and all kinds of things going on, a lot of our kids' volunteers were not able to show up, and so thank those of you uh, for being so flexible this morning. It's volunteers and a lot of parents. Thank you for being really flexible this morning. Can we give it up for our volunteers and our parents just kind of leaning a little bit this morning, saying, hey, we'll roll with it. It's a different kind of day, so I just want to thank you guys so much for that. I want to uh, point you to something here that everybody has in their chair. Everybody's got this card in your chair. This is a really important card. We call this our connection card. And what this does for us is every single week, this lets us know a couple different things. It lets us know, one, who's here, who's not here. At the end of every service, we ask everybody to fill this out. Whether you come every week, uh, we ask you to fill this out. Mark, why should I fill it out? I come every week. Why should I fill it out? If you don't fill it out, you won't go to heaven. Um, And uh, that's a joke. That's a joke, all right? Um, And so, uh, but we ask everybody to fill this out. We also, man, if we can pray for you about anything, man, put it on that card. We'd love to know that. Uh, We really want to know what God does in your life. So on the back of the card there, we've given you a lot of places. Hey, last week, last week, we saw two guys give their life to Jesus and say yes to him for the first time. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. That's awesome. And I'll tell you why these things matter. What these, ma- these matter is because we get those cards and we're, we're following up with them, we're talking to them, and it allows people to, in a, in a, in a good-sized crowd, even on a crazy day where there's snow and ice and illness, there's a lot of people here, it's impossible to talk to every single person here, but what these things do is it lets people know, hey, I'm here and God spoke to me today and God moved in my life, and what it lets us do is follow up and help people uh, begin to grow in relationship with Jesus. So at the end of the sermon, uh, towards the end of the service, we always ask everybody to fill this out. You can drop it in the offering basket when it comes by. But I will say this, you know, uh, one of the things we say all the time here is that it's great that you're here, but God has more for you than an hour on Sunday. Our mission as a church, our vision as a church is to be transformed people who transform the world. People who have been transformed, we, we want to then go out and transform the world for Jesus. And maybe you're new or you've been coming for a little bit and you're saying, hey, I would love to get plugged in here at this church. I'd love to join this church. Uh, Mark, I'd love to get some questions answered about this church. Well, I'll tell you what, next Sunday, next Sunday, uh, right after church, we're having our partnership event. If you want to actually become a member of Summit, we call, partner, we call membership 
partnership here, and the reason we call it partnership is because we don't believe that God wants us to simply have our name in a database or a sheet of paper that says, hey, I'm a member of that church. No, 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 God wants us to partner together to reach the world for the name and fame of Jesus. And so that's why it's called partnership. And so if you wanna join this church right after church next Sunday, uh, we invite you to stick around. We give you a free lunch. It's in the Summit Kids area. Lasts about 30, 40 minutes, and you can become a partner next week. You can actually sign up for it um, in our app, or in a couple of weeks in February, at the second, the second Sunday of every month at 10 o'clock in the morning, we did it this morning, we have what we call Summit 101. If you're new to Summit, uh, I'd love to get to, to uh, just connect with you for a few minutes, hear your story, share with you a little bit about our church. Second Sunday of every month at, two, at 10 a.m., we do something called Summit 101. You're, you'll hear more about it. We'd love for you, if you're brand new, to be a part of that or our partnership event next week. Hey, here's what we're going to do. Um, we're going to pray. And, and, and before I pray, I want to give you just a, just a couple of seconds um, to get your heart and your mind clear this morning. I don't know what you came in with and what you're thinking about uh, this morning or where you're at, but man, it's just really good to take a few seconds, maybe about five or ten seconds, give you an opportunity to get your heart and your mind ready to hear from God this morning. So I'm going to pray, and I really want you to do this. This is not a time where you just close your eyes and take like a quick cat nap. All right, I really want you to do this. I really want you to pray over the next five, 10 seconds as we're gonna just, before I pray, give you a second to say, God, just speak to me today. Take away that distraction. Take away that, that thing, God. Just help me, help me to focus on you, man. I just believe that, 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 guys, when we come together like this, the devil wants more than anything to distract you, to get you off base so that you come to church but you don't meet God. You know what I'm saying? And so don't let that happen, all right? So let's take advantage of this, and let's go to God. Let's ask him to speak to us today, all right? I'm gonna let you pray for just a second, then I'm gonna join, I'm gonna lead us. Jesus, I pray that right now, God, you would just speak to us. I pray that, God, you would do whatever it takes to get our attention, and, and God, that we would lean in right now this morning that, that Jesus, anything you have for us, you wanna say to us, God, we would hear it, we'd receive it, and Jesus, that you would open up your word to us, God, open up our eyes and our minds. God, we don't need another sermon, but that's what's in front of us here. We're gonna open up your word, and God, I pray it's not my voice. Nobody needs to hear from me today, but God, God, we've all gotta hear from you. So God, do it, speak, and open our eyes, and we'd see Jesus. In his name we pray. And everybody said, amen, amen. We are today in part two of a series that we started last week uh, going into 2018, a new series called Launch. And you can go back on our website, on our app, you can listen to, uh, to that. Uh, but what we're doing in this series, what we said last week, uh, one of the things I said last week is that our goal, my prayer this year is that in 2018 that we would be Disciples. This is kind of the year of discipleship. And we're going to talk about, about that actually this morning because when we ask the question, and that's one of the things we put on the table in this series, is, is in this series we want to see Jesus' vision for us in 2018. Wouldn't you want to know that? I mean, I mean, how many people, just by raising your hands, you would say, you know what, if Jesus has a vision for my life in 2018, I would be really interested in knowing what that is. Would you, if that's you, would you just raise your hand right now? Okay, okay virtually every single hand. Well, here's the thing. That's actually really easy to know. 
You, you don't really need to have uh, some mysterious uh, spiritual experience to try to discover Jesus' vision for your life in 2018 because he clearly told us what it is in the Bible. And you can sum it up with one word. And you can probably already guess what that one word is. We've already said it this morning. But the one word, the one word that sums up the vision that Jesus has for me and for you, what he wants all for, for all of us in 2018, is Jesus wants all of us in 2018 to be disciples. Jesus wants all of us to be disciples. Now, I don't know what you think of when I say the word Disciple. Here's what you should get out of your head. Maybe you hear that word disciple and you think, oh man, that sounds like really varsity level Christianity. Bro, I'm barely on the JV team, all right? I barely got on the team. I can barely put my pants on in the morning. They're barely letting me in here. I don't know if I'm varsity disciple, all right? But I think I might be on the JV. Listen, get that out of your head. When we say the word disciple, when the Bible uses the word disciple and it uses it over 200 times, When the Bible uses the word disciple, it's not talking about some varsity level Christian, some person who's got it all together, some person that's so spiritual, you get them in a room, turn the lights off, and they glow in the dark, all right? It's not what a disciple is, all right? What we're gonna do this morning is we're gonna discover what a disciple is. And here's the thing, here's the thing. If you're here today and you claim to be a Christian, if I walked up to you at Walmart or in the lobby and I said, hey man, are you a Christian? And you said yes, then what you're saying is you are a disciple. Because to be a Christian is to be a disciple. I think Jesus made it really easy for us to understand what a disciple is. He told us what it is in Matthew chapter four, verse 19. So if you've got a Bible, I want you to go ahead and open up your Bible. Open up, uh, open up. you can follow along, take notes in our, uh, the Summit app if you've got that. Uh, If you don't have a Bible at all, I believe Matthew 4.19 is going to be on the screen behind us. But Jesus shows us what it means to be a disciple in Matthew chapter 4, verse 19. This is a really short verse. This is our verse for the day. Really short verse. So I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll read it twice just so that you can uh, make sense of it and get it and not miss it. Just to set the scene, what happens here is Jesus is starting his earthly ministry. He's going to call the first disciples to begin a relationship with him. He's talking to Peter and Andrew at the time. These are two fishermen. He's gonna talk to them in such a way it's gonna revolutionize their life and because they did what he invited them to do, the world is different. Matthew chapter 4, 19, look at this verse. And he said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. See, that was too quick. So I want, here's what I want to do. I want to read it again, but I want everybody to read it out loud with me, all right? We're all going to read it out loud. Let's all read it together. Here we go. And he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. See, Jesus' vision for my life in 2018 is to be a disciple. Jesus' vision for you and your family, for our church in 2018, is that you and I, that we would be disciples. Well, what is a disciple? Well, I think that you can really look at this verse, and I think that being a disciple breaks down into three categories, but, but here's a definition of what a disciple is. Here's, what a de- here's a definition of what a disciple is. A disciple is someone who is following Jesus, being changed by Jesus, and on Jesus's mission. 
In fact, a few months ago, uh, our elders and our staff, we got around this verse and we looked at this verse and we began to pray over this verse and we came up with an official definition for our church of what a disciple is and that's it. That, that at Summit, what it means to be a disciple is a disciple is someone who's following Jesus, being changed by Jesus and on Jesus' mission and that really breaks down into three categories and you can see it right here. A disciple is somebody who's following Jesus so you can think head. A disciple is somebody who's being changed by Jesus so you can think heart. And a disciple is somebody who's on Jesus's mission and you can think hands. Head, heart, and hands. Can we all say that together? Head, heart, and hands. A disciple is somebody who's following Jesus, head, they've made that decision. They're being changed by Jesus in their heart and they've given their hands to Jesus and they're on Jesus's Mission. In fact, those are the three things that I want us to see this morning as we're trying to catch a glimpse of what it means for you and I to be disciples. I want us to see three things from Matthew chapter 419. Here's the first thing that here's the first characteristic of a growing disciple. If we're going to be disciples, here's the first characteristic of a disciple. They are following Jesus. They're following Jesus. I mean, that's exactly what Jesus says to Peter and Andrew and to you and to me there in verse 19. Follow me. See, just like last week, remember last week we saw Jesus say, come to me and I'll give you rest. That was an invitation. This is an invitation. Follow me. Follow me. Follow me. This is an invitation to say yes to Jesus, to surrender to Jesus and have him be the Savior and Lord of our lives. Now listen, when Jesus says, follow me, I, wa- I want to lead you, I want to guide you, I want to be your Savior, and I want to be your Lord. He's not simply talking about making the decision to go to heaven. Now that's in there. That's in there. The very first time that we give our lives to Jesus, like I said, we saw at least two people do it last week. They said yes to Jesus, and for the very first time, they surrendered to Jesus and made him their Savior and their Lord. So that's absolutely in there. The first time that we say yes to Jesus, but that's not the only time we submit and surrender to the lordship of Jesus, is it? Man, you gotta surrender to Jesus every day in case you didn't know that. Did you know that? You gotta surrender to Jesus every single day. I mean, think about it like this. Here we are at the beginning of a new year, right? I bet a lot of you in here made a New Year's resolution or a goal that you were gonna get healthy this year, right? Anybody, anybody, got the, anybody just brave enough to say, that's me? I'm, I'm going to get, look at that, boom. Hands are going up all over. I'm going to get healthy this year. Anybody, I'm going to go to the gym this year. I'm going to go to the gym more this year. I'm going to work out. No hands. Not a single hand. I'm going to work out more this year. Well, here's the, here's the deal. Here's the deal. If you're going to do that, you've got to make that decision more than on January 1st, right? Right? Some of you, that's it. You're like, I didn't know that. I made it that day, and I didn't feel like it. Next day, I just quit. Listen, if you're going to say, I'm going to get healthy, I'm going to the gym Bro, you got to make that decision every day. You got to go to the gym when it's cold outside. You got to go to the gym when you don't want to go to the gym. You got to go to the gym when you feel like it and when you don't. You've got to make that decision every single day. It's the same thing with submitting to Jesus that we need to, with our head, submit and surrender and say, Jesus, today I want to follow you. Jesus, today I want to surrender to you. Jesus, today I want you to lead and I'll follow. Do you understand what I'm saying? I don't think you do. I want to show it to you. I'm going to do something I've never done before. I'm coming in the crowd. Okay? Coming in the crowd. And um, so, so here we go. So I, I want to show you what this looks like. 
All right, so, uh, so I have, I have, I have, we've rehearsed what we're about to do here, and uh, I have asked somebody in our church to be Jesus, and I'd like to introduce to you to Ryan McGrainer, who's gonna play the role of Jesus this morning. Give it up for Ryan. Give it up for Ryan. It's one of my best friends, man. Ryan and I have been friends for years. Did you know that Ryan and I used to be in a band together? Did you know that we really used to be in a band? The reason you never heard of it is because I was in the band. That's why, that's why, I, I was actually the singer. That's again why you've never heard of that band. All right, sing right now. Let's wait until we're closing up shop at Summit and then I'll just sing the whole day, all right? So, so, so I've asked Ryan, Ryan's gonna play the part of Jesus and I'm gonna be a disciple. Now, now here's what following Jesus looks like. Man, this is so simple, but a lot of times we make it so difficult. Here's what following Jesus looks like. Following Jesus as a disciple looks like this. Looks like Jesus in the front. Jesus in the front. And where should I be? I should be right here. And watch this. I'm going to follow. So Jesus, you move. And Jesus, I'm following Jesus. I'm following Jesus around the forum, and I'm following him at work, at school. Don't walk too far, Jesus. And so, you know, I'm, I'm following him at home. I'm following him when I'm talking to my wife, when I'm talking to my kids. Jesus is in front. Stop, Jesus. Stop. I got a really hyper Jesus. Um, he's, he goes to the gym. He's really in shape. I got a really in shape Jesus. Um, Jesus is in front, sticks up, there we go, and I'm behind him, there we go. But here's the problem. The problem is we don't tend to stay here long, do we? The pro- here's what a lot of us try to do. Instead of Jesus in front and I'm following, here's what a lot of us like to do. We like to get right next to Jesus, right? Have you ever seen that bumper sticker? You ever seen that bumper sticker that God is my co-pilot? You ever seen that? Raise your hand if you've seen that. God is my co-pilot. Listen, listen, a sure way to get a divine slap up against your head is to make God your co-pilot. Jesus did not die to be my assistant, all right? But we like to get Jesus to be the assistant, right? So we say things to Jesus like this. Jesus, listen, I know you probably don't want me to be in that relationship, but we're two consenting adults, right? I'm not following Jesus at that point. I'm right next to him, and I'm trying to get him to lean my way. Jesus, I know you probably don't like it when I lose my ever-loving mind every time somebody says or does something that I don't like, but you know what? We've just always had, our families always struggle with that, even Jesus backs up. See that, right? And here's what we're doing, here's what we're doing. We're making excuses. So a lot of us like to live from this vantage point. I'm Jesus's co-pilot, I'm Jesus's assistant. He is helping me out, but, re- but really, I'm calling the shots. Here's the problem, we don't even stay there. Instead of being here, instead of staying here, some of us, sometimes we do this. Now who's in front? And we try to get Jesus to follow us. Now will Jesus follow us? Look at him, look at him. No, is Jesus gonna follow me? Jesus, follow me even though I know you don't want me to go to this party, I'm gonna go to this party. I'm a witness to this party. I'm a witness at this party. Look at him, man, right? Jesus, hey, I, Jesus, let me watch this movie. I, I know there's all kinds of stuff you don't want me to see, but I'm gonna pray for the people who are in it. No, no, right? See, see, here's the problem, here's the problem. Instead of staying behind Jesus and letting Jesus lead, we like to get next to Jesus or we like to get in front of Jesus. There's a couple of reasons for that. One reason is because there's a battle inside of every Christian, a battle between the Spirit, the Holy Spirit who lives in us, and the flesh, our old sinful nature, right? Some of you think, man, the reason I, listen, there's no way a Christian would struggle the way that I struggle. I want to submit to you, this is another sermon for another day, but I would submit to you, actually, your struggle with sin is proof that the Holy Spirit is in you and that Jesus has saved you, because lost people do not struggle with sin, right? Right? 
But there's a struggle in there, and that struggle causes me, a lot of times I don't want to stay behind Jesus and let him lead. I want to get next to him, or I want to get in front of him. Jesus does not want me to be here. Jesus does not want me to be here. Jesus wants me to be right here, right? Now, before I let Ryan sit down, Ryan, you've been an amazing Jesus. Before I let Ryan sit down, can I just be honest? Let's be honest. This right here is really hard, amen? Be really honest with you. This right here, you will lose friends in this position, amen? Let's get Let's be honest. This right here, Jesus in front, and I will follow. I will submit and surrender to Jesus. This right here is going to cause you to hold opinions and beliefs that are becoming increasingly irrelevant. And from a lot of people, it's prejudice and you're intolerant in our culture, and they're not going to put up with it. Right? Hello? Anybody? Right? But can I submit to you that this right here, Jesus in front, me submitting, surrendering, and following Jesus, this is life as it was meant to be lived. It's from this position that I can rest in the promises of God and have the assurance that Jesus loves me and he'll never leave me and he'll never forsake me. And one day, he's gonna bring me home to himself. Amen? Amen? Thanks, man. Go ahead and be seated. So let's get really practical. Let's get really practical. What does that look like? So if Jesus is in front and I'm behind him, what does that look like? Let me tell you exactly what that looks like. What that looks like is that that means that being a disciple cannot be a Sunday-only thing. Hello? See, if you have a church background, when we say disciple or discipleship, you think class or you think a series of classes. Listen to me. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that, but discipleship is not a series of classes. Discipleship is a lifestyle. What this looks like, you and I following Jesus, making that decision, what that means is that we need to stop being spiritual consumers who take in church services, and we need to take responsibility for our own spiritual growth. Means that I want to get into the Bible every single day so that God can speak to me. Means that I want to pray and I want to speak to God. Means that I want to worship, not just when the band's here on Sunday. I want to worship in my car or at work or at school. Means that I want to, I'm going to follow Jesus. Jesus, I want to surrender and follow you. And as we're following Jesus, that's where it starts. A disciple is someone who is following Jesus every single day. As we follow Jesus, you know what will happen? We'll be changed by Jesus. We'll be changed by Jesus. He'll change my heart. Look at what he says to the disciples, Matthew 4, 19. I will make you. In other words, I'm gonna make you into something you're not right now. I'm gonna take Peter and Andrew and these disciples and I'm gonna change them and make them into something that they're not right now. But over time, I'm going to make them into someone, something different. Man, this is such good news because somewhere there, there crept this idea into the church that you've gotta come to Jesus, but before you come to Jesus, you've gotta get your act together. Listen, that's not the order of this verse. The order of this verse is come to me and then I will make you. Not make yourself into something better and then you can follow me. Jesus says come to me with your past, your garbage, and your junk and I will change your life. I love 2 Corinthians 3.18. It says this, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. Well, that's, I skipped that verse. Go ahead to the next one. That's, John, that's a good verse too. All right. <laughs> 2 Corinthians 3, 18 says this. And we all with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed, watch, into the same image, from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. See, Jesus changing our lives. We want Jesus to change our lives the way that we make a hot pocket, don't we? 
right? Put it in the microwave, two minutes, boom, you're done. That's how we want, that's what we want it to be like. We want it to be like, Jesus, change my life, then boom, amen, I never struggle again. Listen, what we're talking about here is a slow, lifelong process. It's a slow, lifelong process. The way I've done this before in our church is following Jesus and him changing our lives. It's not, it's not a microwave, it's a crock pot. But here's the good news. The good news is that you and I are in charge of this. The Holy Spirit's in charge of it. The Holy Spirit is the one who changes our lives. That's why on a practical level, how can Jesus, how can I experience Jesus changing my life more? Here's a really easy, well not easy way, but here's a really practical way that we can experience the Holy Spirit changing our lives more and more throughout the days and weeks of our lives. Here it is. When the Holy Spirit convicts us of sin, don't make excuses for it. Don't give a reason why it's there. Just own it. Confess it and ask for victory over it, right? Oh, well, Jesus, that's just an attitude I've always had. Listen, you will never experience victory over that attitude as long as you make excuses for it. You will never experience victory over that thing in your life as long as you play around with it, think it's a small sin. Listen, when Jesus Christ died for sin, that means there's no small sin, amen, right? So confess it. God, forgive me for this. And then ask God to give you victory over it. Start fighting that sin by getting the word of God into your mind so that you believe what God says and not the lies that sin gives us. But ask God to forgive you for sin. Own it, confess it, and pray and plead for victory over it. And God will change our hearts. See, the Holy Spirit is the one who changes us, but not only has God given us the Holy Spirit, God has also given us the church. So how can God change me? It's the Holy Spirit in me who changes me, but God also uses the church to change us. Amen? See, I hear people say sometimes, I hear people say, uh, Christians say this all the time, I don't need the church. I got Jesus, and I don't need the church. And there's a word for that. Here's the word, if you're taking notes. The word for that idea, here's that word. The word is wrong. That's the word. The theological word for that is wrong. In the Greek, you know what that says? Wrong. It's wrong. It's wrong. Every person that God used in the Bible, it was never just them and God. It was them, God, in connection with God's people. Moses and Israel, Adam and Eve and God, Jesus and the 12. Listen, if Jesus died for the church, the church should be important to us. Right? Right? I love what Hebrews chapter three says. Hebrews chapter three says, take care, brothers, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living God. And verse 13 says, but exhort one another every day, as long as it's called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. So, so what that means is that environments like this that we are in right now, it matters because God uses this environment to change us. So maybe practically what that can look like for you in 2018 is that church stops being an option for you and your family and it becomes a priority for you and your family. Some of you, you've been coming here for a long time. Why don't you join? Why don't you become a partner next week in, in, some, in the partnership event? Or maybe you've been coming and you haven't served or maybe you've been coming but God is telling you, hey, I don't want you to go to that church. I want you to belong to that church. See, not, but not only does God use this, this kind of environment to change us, God uses other environments or what we like to call groups to change us. So we're always talking about groups here. We're always challenging our church to join some kind of group, a serve group or a life group, just some kind of groups because here's why. There's a lot of people here, but groups cause you to build relationships and people get to know you and they can pray for you. We like to say it this way, that groups make church sticky, that the thing that's gonna cause you to stick around the church, it's not a preacher, it's not a worship team, it's the relationships that you have 
with people. So what if you this year said, you know what, I'm going to make church a priority so that the people of God can make a difference in my life and I can make a difference in their life. So a disciple is somebody that's following Jesus, being changed by Jesus, and as that happens, more and more we get on Jesus' mission. We surrender our hands to Jesus. I love what he says here. Follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. Follow me and I'll make you fishers of men, that Jesus invites us into his mission. Here's the mission of Jesus, just in case. Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20, it says this, go therefore to all the nations and make disciples, there it comes, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you, and behold, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. The mission that Jesus invites us on is the mission of us disciples making other disciples. We want to see our family saved, our friends saved. We want to see this city saved. And here's where we mess up. Where we mess up is we hear that and we think, I can't do that. What if I say the wrong thing? What if I do the wrong thing? In other words, we take Jesus' mission and make it all about us But can I say that the Holy Spirit is not only the one who changes us, the Holy Spirit is the one who empowers us to live on Jesus' mission. It's not about us. It's about the Spirit of God in us working through us. So you want to know where Jesus' mission starts? Jesus' mission does not start with you and I charging hell with water pistols. Jesus' mission, if we're on it, it starts with you and I in prayer, right? Right? Jesus says, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Pray that the Lord of the harvest would send laborers into the harvest. It starts with prayer. Prayer that God would save our family members. Prayer that God would save those people around us. It starts with prayer that God would use us. And the more that I'm praying for the lost, and the more that we're praying for laborers, and that God would use us, all of a sudden God takes our hands, he takes our lives, and we begin to use the gifts that he's given us. Did you know that God's given you spiritual gifts, church? Hello? God's given you gifts. Some of you he's given the gift of leadership, of influence. He's given you the gift of encouragement. He's given you the gift of evangelism. Some of you he's given the gift of preaching or he wants you to pastor or to be some kind of leader. Every one of us who are disciples have spiritual gifts. God's given us resources and the more I surrender my hands to him, the more generous that I become. And I say, God, I want to use my money. I want to use my resources for your kingdom. See, a disciple, this whole thing that we've been talking about this morning, someone who's following Jesus every day, Jesus, I want you to lead. Jesus, I want you to change me. Jesus, I want you to use me. Listen to me. You never graduate from this. You never get a diploma in this life and say, man, you're done being a disciple. As long as there is breath in our lungs, we are disciples of Jesus. You are never too young to start this and you're never too old to start this and you never retire from it, that we are called to follow Jesus. But here's the last thing and then we're done. Here's the last thing and we're done. Here's what some of you are thinking. Because every time you do a sermon about following Jesus and reading the Bible and getting really serious about church and getting really serious about following Jesus, here's what a lot of people think and it might be something that you're thinking now. A lot of people think this. Mark, I don't have the discipline to do that. You gotta have discipline to do that. Mark, I, I, I don't have the discipline to read my Bible every day. Mark, I don't have the discipline to, to make church a priority. Mark, I, I just don't have the discipline that it's gonna take for, you, for me to do what you're talking about. So I guess I'm out. And listen, 
Discipline is absolutely a part of following Jesus. I can't take that off the table. Discipline is a part of following Jesus. But discipline is not the main motivator in following Jesus. Let me prove you what the main motivator is. All right, now, I'm not about to Bible thump anybody or anything like that. I'm gonna ask you a question, answer this. You're gonna help me prove a point. All right, how many of you watched the UK game yesterday? Raise your hand. Anybody? Okay, all right. I think more of you than that did, but I think you're afraid of what I'm about to do, so you're like, I, I, I was praying, Mark. I was praying, reading the word of God. Um, liar. And again, how many of you watched the UK game yesterday? Okay, that's a good crowd, good, good job. How many of you have either watched every game this season or you've kept up with what's happened every game this season so far? Raise your hand. Okay, all right, put your hand down. How many of you plan to watch every single game until the end of the season? Un- unless something gets in the way. Raise your hand. Put your hands down. It doesn't take discipline to do that. That has nothing to do with discipline at all. Do you know what that has to do? You know what that is? You love UK basketball. You love it. That's why you do it. You love it. I don't know if you're aware of this or not. I'm sure that you are because the Holy Spirit lives in you and, and, and Jesus loves you. Um, I don't know if you're aware of this or not. There's a new Star Wars movie out. And um, the people of God know this. And um, uh, there's a new Star Wars movie out. And, uh, and, 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 and a couple of days before it came out, people came to me and they said, Mark, do you have your Star Wars tickets? And I looked at them and I said, oh, yeah, yeah I've, got my, I'm, I'm, I've got my Star Wars tickets. I'm ready to go. Now, truth be told, I knew the exact minute Star Wars tickets went on sale online the first week of October. And I had those tickets since October, all right? Two months before I was online, ah, freaking out, trying to get those tickets. Do you know why I did that? Because I love Star Wars, How many people in here know love is a powerful motivator? Anybody know that? Love is a powerful, listen, when you're in love, you'll do crazy things, won't you? You ever been in love? Man, when you're in love, you'll stay on the phone all night long. Nah, girl, you hang up. Nah, girl, you hang up. You hang up. I love you. You'll spend money you ain't even got when you're in love. You'll do crazy things when you're in love, Right? A couple months ago, Chloe had a bake sale at school, and I never carry cash. I never, I never, literally never carry cash. And uh, she had a bake sale at school, and she says, Dad, I need, to, I need to get some money for this bake sale. It was before school, and I said, all right, well, so uh, Walmart, we were really close to Walmart, so I said, well, let's go in there. I'll go to the ATM. We'll get some money out of the ATM. And so she goes in with me, and I'm getting money out of the ATM so that she can have some money for the bake sale. And she sneezes, and snot goes everywhere. And, 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 I, and at first I didn't think it was a big deal, but I looked down and oh man, she's covered, she's struggling, and I didn't even think about it. Here's what I did. I grabbed my shirt and said, here you go. And she just grabbed that shirt and wiped every bit of that off and just put it back on me. You know why I did that? Because I love that girl. You'll do crazy things when you're in love, won't you? Can I tell you the best motivator in following Jesus is love for Jesus. Jesus is, Jesus is approached by the Pharisees and they say, Jesus, what's the greatest commandment in the law? You know it, what does he say? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. That sounds a whole lot like head, heart, and hands. But what he says is, love God, love God. And why would you not love the one who gave his life for you? Why would you not love the one who left heaven, gave his life, died, rose again, refuses to give up on you, is gonna finish what he started in your life? Why would you not love him? And can I just say that the more you follow Jesus, the more you love Jesus. So love for Jesus is the best motivator in following Jesus. And so my question is simply this, where are you on that process? 
Where are you in this, in this discipleship pathway of following Jesus? Where are you? Maybe you're here and you need to say yes to Jesus. You need to give him your life. And maybe you're here and this is the majority of people. The majority of people in the room right now are going to say, Mark, I'm a Christian. Well, here's what you're saying. Then you're a disciple. And as somebody who claims to be a disciple, my question to you is, are you just coming to church or are you following Jesus? Let's pray. Jesus, you have called us to not consume church services. Church is great. Thank you. Thank you so much for what we did here today. But Jesus, you died for more. You died to have a relationship with us. And that relationship with you looks like following you, like daily surrender. Jesus, you're Lord. You're in front. And maybe there's somebody here today, and for too long, they've been trying to play the co-pilot. Maybe there's somebody here today and they've been trying to lead you to get you to put your stamp of approval on something. There's no way you're going to do it. And today, they need to get behind you because life is meant to be lived with Jesus, you leading and us following. There may be somebody here today, Christian. God, there may be somebody here today, they've got a relationship with you, but Jesus, You're wanting to do a deep work in their soul and there's something they're holding on to and they're just afraid of what it's going to mean when they let that go. And Jesus, I pray that you'd show them that you're not doing that to be mean. You're doing that. You're you're convicting them of that sin because you want to change them and set them free. Or there might be somebody here today who is a Christian and they've got a relationship with you, but they've just been trying to hold on to their life and their time and their resources. And they're saying, listen, this whole mission thing, it's for somebody else, but the Spirit of God right now saying, no, it's for you. Jesus, our prayer and our goal and our desire is that every man, woman, and child, every person in this church would be a growing disciple of Jesus. That's what you're calling us to do in 2018. We can make plans to change the world, and if we're not following you, we're not doing it. Jesus, the best motivator is to love you. The best motivator is to love you. So I pray that right now, right now, you would just speak to us and give us a new vision, a fresh vision of what it would look like for us to be men, women, students, kids who follow you with all of our heart, with all of our hands, with all of our heads, with everything that we have, we're all in. If you're here today, and you say, Mark, I'm a Christian, then I want to say back to you, then you're a disciple. Then you're a disciple. But maybe today God is convicting you and he said, you know what, you're, been, you've, you're coming to church and that's great. But I've got more for you than consuming church services. I want you to follow me. If you're here today and you say, Mark, Jesus is calling me right now to follow him in a very specific way. Might be, Mark, it's really scary. It's, there's something that God is, is telling me I gotta let go of or, or there's something that God is telling me to do. Mark, Jesus is telling me to follow him in a very specific way today. Would you pray for me about that? Would you just raise your hand right now? Just raise your hand. There's hands going up all over this room. I don't know what that is. 
I don't know what that is. That's between you and God. But whatever it is, here's what I would challenge you to do. Say yes to it. Say yes to it. God, if there's somebody you're calling to let go of some kind of sin, somebody you're, you're calling to, to, to. I don't think my microphone's working. Um, that just occurred to me. So, uh, so I want to say something before Dana um, uh, shares a couple things with you. We receive our offering. All right? Uh, so hang tight just a moment. Hang tight. I know you're getting your luggage together. Um, hang tight. Hey, I want to miss you something to you about our students. Okay? Um, um, the last weekend of January, the last weekend of January, our students are going to go on a winter retreat to Gatlinburg. And uh, last summer, we did a summer retreat. And many of those, there, there were students that met Jesus there. A lot of those students look back at that as just a pivotal moment in their relationship with God. And we're going to go on a winter retreat uh, in just a couple of weeks, the last weekend of January, January 26th through the 28th. The cost of that is $65, all right? And after church today, after church, really quick, if you're a student, a parent of a student, I would encourage you to take a minute or two, hang out right here in this room. Asina and Wes are going to do a quick meeting, going to give you a waiver um, about, about that. And so stick around for that in just a moment. But here's what I say. I say this all the time um, to students and, and to our church. You know, we try to have a policy as a church that any student, anybody that wants to do, be a part of anything, if it costs money and, and there's something in the way of it, that maybe they can't afford that cost, what I tell students especially, what I tell teenagers especially, is I want you to go and don't worry about money because we'll get somebody to pay your way. Okay? Because I don't believe that, I don't believe that we should ever not give students the opportunity to follow Jesus. I think that we should do whatever it takes to get students in an environment where they can hear about Jesus and follow him and be changed forever. I don't know if you agree with that, but that's kind of my philosophy. And so I tell people, listen, I don't want you to worry about money. I'm going to make, I'm going to make sure you get pay, I'm going to make sure you get that money. If money's an issue, you let me, Wes, or Asina know, and we'll make sure that you get taken care of because we so believe in this ministry and what God wants to do on that weekend. We want you to be a part of it. So, so I tell t- students all the time, 
Somebody will take care of it. Now, you might be sitting there listening to that, and you're thinking, well, that sounds great. Praise God, I'm clapping. Mark, who's the somebody? Funny you ask. You are. Um, so I, we, ask, we do this all the time. I ask our church all the time. Um, and, and, and here's the amazing thing. Here's the amazing thing. Our church always steps up in radical generosity to help students and kids go and hear about Jesus. And our church has always stepped up and been extremely generous. So you might be here today. And the cost is $65 for students to go on that weekend trip. You might be here today and you might be thinking, you know what, I would love to sponsor kids to go on that trip. I would love to help some kids go, okay? If that's you today, you can pay for one. You can pay for 100 kids to go. You can do whatever you want. But here's the deal. If you would want to do that, out there at the welcome table, right after church, go to the welcome table. Or you can stick around here in the meeting. When it's over, you can come up to Wes or Asina or to myself. And you can say, hey, I would love to sponsor kids to go on the winter retreat, all right? You can do that. It's $65. Like I said, you can sponsor one or you can sponsor more than one, but I'm just challenging our church. Hey, if you hear that, I would love to help some kids go. Well, this is an awesome opportunity to take 65 bucks, 65 bucks, and the return you get on that 65 bucks is you get an eternal return on that investment because God uses that weekend to transform students' lives forever. So you can sponsor kids today. Come and talk to me, Wes, or Cena right here in the meeting or just go to the welcome table and take care of that, all right? Hey, our ushers are going to come and get in place right now. You guys come on down. And if you know you want to do that, you can make out a check and just write student winter trip on the memo line. And you can write that check for as many students as you want to sponsor and it'll, it'll do that as well if you want to do that in the offering here. I'm going to pray for our offering Dana's got some things she wants to share with you, so hang tight while we're receiving that. Listen to her. Hey, if you come to uh, Summit and I've never met you, shook your hand. Take a minute. I'd love to meet you today after church out there at our welcome table, all right? Let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much that you call us to follow you. You call us to, to a relationship with you, and Jesus, we say yes to it. Jesus, this right here, this time of giving, it's a part of saying yes and following you. So Jesus, use what we give to change lives here and around the world. We love you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Let's give. Listen to Dana for real quick. Hey, everybody. Um, something that Mark had talked about last week was um, the Right Now Media app that we are using, and that is a great tool that if, um, if you would like to use that and you have not received the invitation for that, on your card, if you can just write Right Now Media or you can sign up for that through our app, and I will send you to your email, the invitation, so that you can use that. It is seriously like the Netflix of Bible studies. It is amazing, and it is a great tool that you should take advantage of because it's completely free to anyone that wants to use it. Um, if today is your first time or your second time, make sure that you visit the welcome area that's just going to be right out here as you exit the doors because we have a free gift for you today, so you'll be sure that you want to pick that up. And Mark was talking about students. Students are meeting tonight. If you're a middle schooler, then you're going to meet at 5.30. If you're a high schooler, then you're going to meet at 6.30. And I think the band's going to play with us. You guys are dismissed. Can I be lost when you have called me found? You chase 
lost when you have come and found You chase me down You seek me out How could 